And what I want to do this morning is I want to preach out of Daniel chapter 3. So if you guys turn with me there. I love the book of Daniel. Uh, it's a prophetic book. Uh, it's a, uh, a great read, if anything. But what it is, is Daniel is an encouragement to us as believers. It's an encouragement to the people that it was written for. You see, at this time, the, Jew, the Jews, the Jewish people, the Israelites had done stuff wrong again and it ended up in captivity again. But this time they're being persecuted quite heavily and they're in an incredibly hostile environment towards their faith. It's hostile. It's not popular to be uh, following God. It's not looked on in their society as a positive. And these guys are being persecuted quite severely. But what's encouraging is when you read the book of Daniel, this is what I see and what I learn from it is that God can be faithful. And in a situation where it may be hostile to what you believe as you honour God, And remain faithful to him. You don't just survive through hostile environments. You actually thrive in them. You actually come through the other side where God has upheld you. He's promoted you. He's provided for you. But it's to do with faithfulness to him. No matter how hard the environment may be. Remain faithful to God. He brings you through. So in Daniel chapter 3, the context of what's going on is there's a king King Nebuchadnezzar, and a lot of you would have heard this story if you've grown up in the house in Sunday school coming through. But there's a king, and he gets prideful and begins to make this huge idol. And we know uh, about it, and what would happen at 90 feet wide, 90 feet tall. And, and whenever you'd hear music playing, the king set out an order and a law that when you hear the music, you've got to bow down and you've got to worship the idol that's been created. Now what happens is in that setting there are some people that are God-fearing that will not bow down, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And what happens is the music is played, but, but what's more intimidating about it in this situation is that if you don't bow down, the punishment for breaking that law is, is death by incineration. You, you're cremated, you're burnt, you're, you're, you're destroyed by fire if you do not submit to this law. So it's an incredibly hostile situation if you are to honour God or or face death. Now, I know that we may not face in this country today the same hostile nature as far as death, but it is very hostile towards what we believe at the moment in our country and in our nation. And I believe that through reading the word, you actually see three things that begin to increase your faith and encourage you to continue to make a stand for what you believe. You can still love someone and not agree with them. You can still love your community and want to walk in righteousness, in truth. It can be done. And these three men are an example of that. Have you ever been in a hostile situation? I remember the first job I ever got after year 12, uh, there was a particular person in my workplace who many, many years later after I'd left actually sought me out to apologise the way this person had treated me. But she, for some reason, looked at me through a negative lens and everything I did, she made it very hard. Very hard. It was a hostile environment for me to be in. 
But the thing is, I continued to honour God. I continued to be faithful. I continued to work hard. Somehow found favour with my, my bosses in that place. And, and eventually, I outgrew the hostility and it didn't affect me anymore. But in that moment, and in those times, it was very hostile. It was hard. Have you ever been there? Maybe with a family member. Maybe with your workplace. Maybe with your finances. Maybe with your environment. There's an opportunity where you are faced with standing up or staying true to what you know is truth. What you know is God. Or compromising to save face, not have a confrontation. You see, these guys would have had the opportunity to just slip between the gaps. They would have had the opportunity to not be noticed, but the fear of God was greater than the fear of man for their lives. And we need to do the same. So what's happening is they've got this idol and, and the music begins to play and everybody bows down, but there's three men. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who refused to bow. You know, even before I start this morning, I just think that reinforces why we need to gather together. How much easier is it to have faith when you know that there's people that have faith with you? Amen. They had three. Would have been harder to stand alone, but there was three there. So in that situation... It is far more hostile if you were to try to put yourself into the landscape of what's happening now. They're standing alone. The whole nation, the whole country bows when he hears this music and there's these three men. We don't know whether they were together at the time and stood together. We don't know if they were in separate places and stood separately, but we know that they made a stand. It's very interesting that I think about it. They didn't go out looking for trouble. It wasn't like they went to the king and they made a stand and they were deliberate and they were aggressive. They went about a God-honouring life and that was their distinguishing factor. They weren't over-opinionated. They walked with righteousness. They walked with truth. But we can be encouraged because as we walk that way ourselves, What I believe is that in that God is present with you. He protects you and he promotes you. So there's encouragement beyond the challenge. But I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. So if we could turn our Bibles, Daniel chapter 3. We're going to start from verse 8. It begins begins to read like this. I might read it from my iPad. We've lost some lights over the, we had a conference here over the weekend and Last week and we've lost some lighting. Am I in the light? Can everyone see me? Great. So let's read from Daniel chapter 3 verses 8. It says this. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summons Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to him, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Amen. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, what a powerful statement. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men we had tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He looked. I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trust in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore I decree... The people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and their homes turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Lord God, right now, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The fire. So I want to work with the fire this morning. And, and my, my key to that is that fire represents any hostility or negative outcome that may come from you remaining true to what we believe in, remaining true to the word of God, making a stand for what you believe in. Because, see, I believe the first thing that you have to overcome 
in these situations. Now, now please, I, I'm not saying to be extremist. I'm, I'm saying to be people that live out with the fear of God, walk in righteousness before him and him alone, and your conduct in doing that will separate you. There will be people that will ask questions. This is the reality of the society we live in. But I pray that you guys would have confidence in who you are in Jesus because he is with you. You don't face any fire, any negative or hostile environment without him being with you. But I believe this is the first things that you need to overcome. And then the three follow of his, his presence, his protection and his promotion. But next slide, please, Jonathan, is this, is you have to overcome intimidation and you have to overcome compromise. You see, it says there, if you're, you're looking through the scripture, that Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He was annoyed. He was not willing to budge. There was no compromise on his side and he was angry. Now, for a king to summon you, knowing the punishment for what you've done wrong would be very intimidating. It would be. We are often tempted to avoid uncomfortable circumstances. Give me a wave if you like being uncomfortable. I see no hands. I see one hand. <laughs> I love that. That's an exercise person, I'm sure. No one likes being uncomfortable. You can be intimidated by, oh, oh if I say something now, what if they look at me differently? What if it changes the relationship I have with them? We've got to understand that really for my life, there's only really one relationship that I want to reflect to the world and that's my relationship with Jesus. But often intimidation is there. But the other thing is compromise because isn't it very interesting? He's presented the three, all three of them are presented with another opportunity to compromise because what does he say? He says, hey, when the music plays, when you hear the thing and people bow down, if you bow down, what does he say? He says in scripture, very good. Here is an opportunity for you to compromise and it's very good. It's going to be comfortable. It's going to be fun for you. It's going to be less painful. You see, what happens is that often the case will be to stand up for what you believe in it looks uncomfortable and it looks hard and to compromise looks easy and comfortable. But in overcoming these two things, I want to encourage you that you can because God is with you. He goes with you. Because see, the first thing that I want to lean into, if we go on the next slide, is that it's his presence. In verse 25, what does it say? We read it on the slides. King Nebuchadnezzar says, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire. He is in the situation. Do you know what I love about the youth team at this church? Is on a Friday, they're just around. And when we need stuff done, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's like the Gene and Jordan effect. I'll be thinking, Oh, I need to do something. I'll turn around and they're just there. Who's saying, hey, fellas, come here, can you do this? Absolutely, no problem. But the thing is, is that they're a help because they're present. They're there. It's quite hard to be an assistance to someone practically in their moment, in, in the situation with them if you're not there. I mean, we know that there's prayer. Amen. 
We know that you can back people beyond practical help, whether it be through resourcing them. But practical help, people being in it, present, in the moment with you is such great help. You see, in the Word of God, there are several scriptures. We know that in Deuteronomy, when he's talking to Joshua and, and it says, Be strong and courageous. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In Psalms, it says he's an ever-ready help, a present help in times of trouble. God is with you in the hostility. He's in there. You see, the king sat back, and, and, and I love reading uh, the, the word of God. And, and we sit there, and what would happen is with this uh, incinerator, there's obviously a viewing platform that the king or whoever were there, they could watch the people perish. Sounds gruesome. But the fact is, is that the king has gone there to see the three men perish, but that's not the picture that he sees. He sees four men. Now, we don't know whether uh, that is Jesus incarnate. We don't know whether God sent uh, an angel to protect them. There there, there are arguments both ways when, when you look into it. But the fact is this, is that God had sent help and it was a present help in that situation. God was there. He was aware and he was walking with them because of their faithfulness, their gritty determination that with their lives, they would walk in honor and in truth before God. God is with you in your situation. It's another reason why we should never put off coming together. Sometimes God brings people into your life that can walk with you through the fire. Do you know, in that workplace, my first job, there was another Christian in that workplace that I could lean into, that I felt there was someone with me that I felt that someone was praying with me and for me. You see, we we are together, but we have God present always and ever ready help. He's always present in times of trouble. And he's there. But if we move on to the next one, not only is he present, but he protects you. This, This blows my mind. Recently, has anybody ever sat around an open fire? Give me a wave. What happens to your clothes? Oh, it smells like you smell like barbecue. I love that smell. I just think that it reminds me whether of barbecue or camping or something. I just I absolutely love the smell. But the fact is, is that being around that smell, it, it gets in you. And it blows my mind if you go to the next slide. Thanks, Jono. That it says there in verse 27... That they saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor a hair on their head had been singed, nor their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell on them. Do we often find that we worry about what might stick to us if we stand up for what we know is right? Are they going to tar me with that brush? Is that the category they're going to put me in? Is that where I'm going to have to live now because they're going to see me? And then, you know, this can happen in hostile environments is people are looking for opportunities to have a go at your character, 
to have a go at your motive, to have a go at what you're standing for. They're hunting for opportunities. Do you know, these three men were in the same boat because more than likely the astrologers that dobbed them into the king were jealous of the fact that guys outside of their culture had been risen up to a place of leadership. You see, what happens is as you honour God, He's going to raise you up. But what will happen is there will be people that will be watching you, watching your integrity, watching, and they're going to try and throw mud. But you know what I love about our God is that when you are faithful to him in any environment, he will continue to raise you up because it says there that not a hair was singed. It says there that their robes weren't affected. It says that not even the smell stuck. You know what that means? Coming through that fire, coming through that challenge, on the other side, the only thing that was left over was memory and testimony. They remember it and they thank God for it. Often when we're in the hostility of a situation, our fear can be, oh, what is the repercussion for me? What is going to be the challenge? You need to know that God's protection for your life is complete. Is complete. It doesn't change. In Psalms, in fact, I think it's Isaiah. It's Isaiah 43 verse 2. God's nature, it doesn't change. His plan for you, it doesn't change. And this is what was written in Isaiah. When you pass through the water, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God's plan, his purpose for your life has always been to protect you. It didn't change. It won't change. But this, for me, is the inspiration of that scripture. I will live for Jesus and I pray that you will too. I will stand for what I know is honouring and what is true to the Word of God. And I know that He will protect me. But even if it goes wrong, I will still honour Him. You see, they stand before the King facing death. And they say, our God is able. He is willing and he can do it. And you know what? Even if he doesn't, I'll still be faithful to him. We walk through situations and even if it goes bad for us, we can still be faithful to him because in the end, his plan of redemption for us, his victory for us, his overcoming spirit for us, it's already done through Jesus' work on the cross. It's a matter of walking out process. It's a matter of walking through it. And I think the inspiration in that faith is that even if at the moment I can't see God's hand in it, I know that he is faithful to bring me through it. But even if he doesn't. This is what I believe, that as you honour God with your life, His blessing flows in it and through your life. You see, because at the end of that scripture, it says that they are promoted in the province of Babylon. They get promoted not because of their their skill level, not because of the way they spoke, but because of their gritty faith and determination to honour God right to the end of it all, that they're promoted. But here is the thing that I'm beginning to realize for my life as I walk is there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a trend. Is that often before promotion comes reversal, which is tough 
to live with. Like you think about it, these guys were promoted one minute, but a minute before they're standing in the middle of a, of a fire, a furnace. Promotion before promotion often comes reversal teagues. I might get you to pop up. If you have a look in the Bible, there are a couple of great examples. Let's look at King David. But before he was King David, he was a shepherd. That's not the reversal. Then he gets anointed king. And then he spends, he becomes a a warrior in the army. And then through jealousy of King Saul, he spends time running for his life. He's been anointed king. And now he's on the run for his life. He's pretending to be a crazy man. It's a great example of reversal. What about Joseph? Joseph has an incredible dream. An incredible dream. His brothers will bow down. He'll be in a place of authority. It'll be absolutely incredible. But yet the promotion, but then the reversal, he becomes a slave. But you know what I see with both David and Joseph? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego is their gritty determination through it. They remain faithful no matter whether it be in the fire, whether it be in slavery. Whether it be running for your life, they remain faithful with their integrity to God to live a righteous life. And we can do the same. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego promoted in their province. David becomes king. Joseph becomes the prime minister of Egypt. But if you look at their lives They always stood for what was right, regardless of the outcome. They let their life's conduct speak. And in the test of the heart, in the test of the reversal, it's often in that place where you go, hey, I know the promise and I know the call, but now there's a challenge in my society to compromise. Now there's a challenge and it's intimidating. It looks easier not to go that way, but God... Though right now I face hostility and pain, I remain faithful to you. I remain faithful to your word for my life. And I know that you are with me. You're present. I know that you'll protect me. I I, I see examples in the Bible. They've they've come through, Lord, and, and, and all that's left is memory and testimony, but nothing stuck, nothing hurt them. They made it through. They walked into your promise. But even if you don't, Lord, I'll remain faithful. And then the plan of God comes for your life. So what I want to do this morning is I want to pray quickly and then we're going to do something very special. But could we close our eyes just for a minute? Ben, if we can bring the lights down a little bit, this doesn't need to be between anybody but you and God. I know that there are faithful people in this room. I pray for you. Faithful people, people that continue to honour God are determined to do so. But yet, because of that faithfulness to Him, it seems to be that you're in a period right now of reversal. Things have appeared to go backwards. I felt God say to me to tell you 
Keep going. Keep going and I'm going to bring you through. Remain faithful to me. Remain faithful to my word. And I'll bring you through. Now, if there are people here this morning that fit that category of you've made a stand, but you're walking the journey right now and you just need that additional you know, touch of faith and, and peace, so I'd love to pray with you in your seat. But could you raise your hand just now across this place so I can continue? Yes, 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 yes. Awesome, you can pop your hands down. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've placed us here. But I thank you, Lord, that regardless of the environment we live in, we can look at the book of Daniel and see that in any environment, no matter how hostile, Lord, those that are faithful to you, you bring through into your purpose, into your plan. Lord, I pray today for people that raise their hands. You know their situations. Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for direction. I pray for understanding. I pray for joy in the midst of the trial. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are making a way to bring them through. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said, Amen, Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand just for a minute?